0: Welcome one and all to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet and that is my very sneezing co-host Matt. (laughs) How many times have we done this intro and you've never sneezed once? Uh, Never, never in however many episodes we've done but this time I couldn't hold it. If I'm not mistaken this is 65, it took Matt 65 episodes to sneeze on Mike everybody. I've been waiting for that like I've, that's how long
1: that sneeze has been here it's been waiting and i haven't it's been just there just there and it won't do and then it did, did it
0: that's that's the 65th uh podcast anniversary it's the sneezing anniversary you gotta get a sneeze for everybody <laughs> <laughs> but yes we are back we are continuing to truck after san diego comic-con after the rather uh after the news well started to run dry but i feel pretty confident that we actually managed to get a fair amount of topics together for this show and to top it off matt was nice enough to go to the comic multiverse discord uh wherein he is a major fixture and figurehead to gather us some fan questions so we're gonna do both and if there's any time if we're not quite up to our you know hour that we usually like to do we'll come back and uh we'll talk about some books we read this week
1: sounds good
0: there you go because you know we, we like to shock it up for you guys here for all you comic multiverse fans out there you know we like to keep you guessing yeah, just when you think you, you've got us figured out, we'll, we'll change it. We'll change up the game. You know, it's really about trying to build Stockholm Syndrome in the fan base. You know, just random <laughs> acts of violence followed by random acts of kindness on our part is really what we're trying to get, uh, get here. You know, we don't we don't want you to ever think you're safe is the thing. Because <laughs> at any moment, everything could change. And uh, speaking of stuff that could change, uh, we start off with a Marvel Comics news story right here uh jonathan hickman writer of the avengers writers of you know one of the most beloved uh fantastic four runs this week confirmed something that i think everybody knew in their heart of hearts or at least guessed and that is that yes fantastic four was canceled at marvel because of fox yeah everyone
1: kind of figured that like what five years ago <laughs>
0: yeah yeah more or less but it was something to actually have someone kind of put a face on it and say like definitively yes that's the question or you know that's the answer to the question everyone's been asking the way he put it when he was asked on twitter by a bunch of comic journalists is he said you know the 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 ruling had come down from on high at the company they basically all said that yeah after 2015 we're not going to be doing anything fantastic four related anymore
1: yeah that kind of sucks especially with someone like like hickman who actually wrote them and Mm -hmm. like kind of loves these characters to have to be told that no you can't write these characters anymore because another studio owns them
0: yeah no one can write anymore and yet even though that might have been like the ruling from on high in 2015 as we sit back and look at it now it's not like the fantastic four ever truly went away we got of course the thing and the human torch uh who are going to be getting their own book and legacy I, uh iron man infamous iron man dr doom has actually been keeping a lot of those characters and concepts alive
1: yeah, they, they've they been around, but yeah, they it, it's more that they just don't have their own book, I guess. Or like a prominent figurehead in like events like Secret Empire and Civil War 2 and everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what the actual sales statistics on the last couple Fantastic Four books were, but as it stands right now, they're building one hell of an absence makes the heart grow fonder effect, aren't they?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: I mean, like, if they came out tomorrow and said, hey, we're coming out with a new Fantastic Four book, I wonder how many people would rush out to buy it just because we haven't had one in so long. I know I would. Yeah, I mean, shit, even DC Comics is, you know, betting on that fact right now that there's a hole left in the comic book fandom because they're coming out with their own Fantastic Four.
1: They they pretty much are.
0: Yeah, just just to be like, hey, you know, you want it, you're not getting it, come come over here, we'll, we'll sell it to you. <laughs> we'll sell it to you at a premium no less so yeah that was that was just a little topic I thought we would talk about because you know it's something we bring up all the time that you know Marvel and Fox don't get along and that's the reason we don't get Fantastic Four books anymore well now it's 100% confirmed it's not fan conjecture anymore nah, nah. and I mean I don't know why Jonathan Hickman would lie about something like this he seems like a pretty straight shooter all things considered and furthermore he's not even working at the company anymore that's
1: probably why like he wasn't allowed to talk about it Mm. he was was probably like like watching his own ass just like because if he said something within that five years where are you still doing like avengers and stuff they might have like fired him or something Mm. whereas now he's not working for them he can you know kind of say whatever he wants
0: and indeed he did yep Now, uh, moving on from there to another slightly depressing story, Uh, if you've listened to the comic Multiverse or even just me in general for a long period of time, you'll know I'm a big fan of Dwayne McDuffie and the Milestone universe of comics, and I've been saying forever, hey, DC, you have all these new imprints for Young Animal and The Wild Storm, why can't Milestone get a new imprint?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, after San Diego Comic-Con, I had actually heard some really good news, and that is Jim Lee, in conjunction with uh, Reggie Hudlin, a dude from the original Milestone team back in the day, were getting together with a bunch of other old-school Milestone people, and they were indeed going to launch a brand-new Milestone imprint. And I was really happy, because I'm like, oh, cool, now Static Shock and Icon and Rocket and Hardware and all these other characters that I enjoy can finally have a home. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, how wrong I was, Matt. Don't get excited (laughs) yet because this story that has been filled with roadblocks has hit another gigantic freaking roadblock.
1: Another one, Dwayne McDuffie's widow is suing them.
0: (laughs) Yes, and she has every right in the world to be suing uh, DC right now. And that's because uh, being Dwayne McDuffie's widow and like the executor of his estate, she controls McDuffie's 50% share in the company. Uh, Hudland mm-hmm. and all the other guys put uh, all put together with their stuff. They also have 50% of the company. They mm-hmm. did not tell the widow about this, and they just went ahead with it anyway and hoped she wouldn't notice. She found out about it the same time we fans heard about it.
1: Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
0: that is some underhanded, dirty shit. But also, very comic book industry, ask the widows of Jack Kirby and all those other guys shit, ask the widows of Simon and Schuster and they'll tell ya. Yep, yep. This this ain't the first time something like this went down, not the last time something like this will go down.
1: No, definitely not.
0: I think this also answers the question, why did it take them so long to do anything with Milestone? Oh, be- because they didn't own 100% of the rights, that's why. Mm-hmm that's why they literally were they were playing with a hand that only had half the cards in it you gotta wonder like will this actually see the court or will you know dc and these other guys like you know just back off and will they give the widow like the money that i'm sure she wants
1: yeah well it might end up like like a seagull or schuster or a kirby sort of situation where it's just like long messy and drawn out
0: yeah for sure, because here's the other thing: uh, the widow whose name is escaping me right now. She's a creative too. She uh, helped develop uh, that Ben Ten like series and universe with McDuffie when he was still alive. So she's she's not a nobody. She actually has quite a lot of like muscle and play and a name and everything.
1: Yeah, so maybe they might like give her uh, some money or something, or, or maybe they'll just like have a have a go and try and buy the rights from her or something.
0: I imagine it's a creative control thing where it's like, look, you know, would you do it the way Dwayne McDuffie did it? If not, then no, you don't get uh, you don't get any of my percentage.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I could totally see that being a thing. So yeah, I mean, this ever evolving milestone story continues to evolve, and mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about it, be sure to come back at a later date when we'll be talking about this story as you know as as it happens.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot more of this coming out in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, and for everyone who is excited about a new Static Shock comic like me, get get unexcited. Get, get unhyped, because it sounds like we're still going to be waiting for a very long time.
1: Yep. yep. I,
0: I, I would also like to state again, totally on the Widow side on this one. What the, What they were yep. planning to do is really underhanded and really shitty.
1: It is really shitty.
0: Yeah. And again, too, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll just put it out and hope she doesn't notice.
1: <laughs> yeah, hope she doesn't notice this thing that her husband, you know, created years ago is back <laughs> yeah. somehow.
0: Yeah. Sh- sh- surely she's blind and won't put two and two together on this one.
1: Yeah. Well, she doesn't read comics. So yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can get around this. The comic industry has a proud history of messing over widows. Surely we can do it again. <laughs> But yeah, so so that's that story, everyone. Uh, moving away from the books to television for a little bit, uh, we got some movement for that Teen Titans TV show they're doing for that brand new DC app that is also going to be housing uh, Young Justice Season 3.
1: Yeah, the, the show has apparently started production
0: already, and we already got one little piece of casting here. Tegan Croft, who's an actress I've never heard of, she's going to be playing Raven.
1: Yeah, she's an Australian actress, I've never heard of her, Um, but she's on like one of our kind of like, uh, what do you call them, like soap operas? Home and Away. Yeah, yeah, that's like one of our big soap operas, and I don't watch it because I like brain cells. Um, There there you go. But uh, I guess she's okay if they picked her because i mean that's the same show chris
0: hemsworth came from really man are they just using that for a testing run now it's like we need the next big australian talent where do we look <laughs> uh she was also in another thing science fiction volume one this this titan show will only be like the third thing she's ever been in
1: yeah so they they go on complete unknown which is good
0: She's, a, she's also super, super young looking. I, uh, she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so I can't tell how young she is. But she actually, like, legitimately seems to be a teen for this Teen Titans show. Yeah, who would have thought? It, who would have thought? Usually, you know, the thing for, like, television in general is like, okay, you'll be a 30-year-old playing a teenager. You can do that, right? <laughs> you, you can do that, right? You can pull that off? Like, like shit. You and I are fans of Power Rangers. That's a perfect example of like freaking three-year-olds yep. playing teenagers. <laughs> this is this is the goddamn oldest high school I've ever seen. How many years have you all been held back? <laughs> oh man, it's, it's it's the hormones in the meat making all the teenagers look much older than they seem to be. Yeah, it's that steroid abuse that's rampant through high school. Yeah, th- through <laughs> rampant throughout California high schools. Everyone's hitting the juice real hard. they're on the gas which also explains all the mood swings (laughs) but yeah so that's uh that's your titans news everyone that show that show seems to be happening after all the stops and starts and you know moving to networks and moving to apps and everything that one actually seems like it's gonna be a real thing
1: yeah it seems to be going somewhere
0: yeah, it's gonna be a real thing and speaking of superhero shows uh we move on over to the cw they announced uh this week they gave some information about the big crossover event for 2017 that'll bring together all the cw dc shows and they've apparently moved around some of the time slots instead of being one each night for a week it's gonna be a big two-night event with two shows airing on the same night
1: yeah the, the details they they came out a lot of people are sort of theorizing that it's probably going to be based around barry and iris's wedding
0: oh i like
1: because because i think the director or the showrunner said something that it's going to be more of it's not going to be like a big alien invasion or anything it's going to be something a bit more personal and like in a romantic way and that's that's the only thing i could see it being based about since last season was all about that sort of stuff
0: yeah absolutely uh, yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be cool. It's funny that they moved it from one, uh, you know, one each night of the week, to uh, two, um, to just a two-night event because apparently they had like really great ratings and it was a really great draw for their network. It's interesting for them to move it the way they did.
1: Maybe maybe it's just easier for them to do it like that.
0: Probably. Also, is that to accommodate any new shows? Will Black Lightning be out by then? Did they not want to confuse people? With Black Lightning to have, like, hey, here's a bunch of shows that are connected to this big storyline. Yeah, but this one isn't.
1: Uh, This one, this will be in November, so yeah, possibly. Black Lightning starts this coming... this year,
0: right? I think so. I mean, they got the trailers and everything. I thought it was starting soon. It looked like it was basically done.
1: Yeah, so maybe... Maybe it is starting soon, and they don't want to confuse people with that.
0: Yeah, that might make sense. I think the way it breaks down is we get Supergirl, Arrow, the one night, and then we get Flash, Legends, the next. Yep. There you go. So so saving the two shit or I was going to say, so, you know, saving, I was going to say saving the best for last, but then I'm like, but Supergirl was really great. <laughs> Supergirl was really great, actually. <laughs> so actually, that's not true at all. <laughs> And, I mean, uh, Legends got better. Like, it's easy for us to make fun of Legends, but remember the last two episodes of Legends last season were actually pretty solid?
1: Yeah, they, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. This season, I know, that like, the Comic-Con trailer looks really cool and everything with what they're doing, and some of the stuff that they've, they've released is pretty cool. And then some of the other stuff is like, eh, it's like they're bringing ISIS in and everything as a combat because of Trump but, and by, stuff. By
0: ISIS, you mean the character ISIS, not ISIS the terrorist organization.
1: Yeah, well, they're kind of one and the same, aren't they?
0: I was going to say, well, well, fuck me, that's going to be really hard to explain on that show. I mean, goddamn Archer, their spy agency was called ISIS and they stopped referring to it as that just because <laughs> they didn't want the headache of having to explain it. <laughs> also, I'm thinking of the same ISIS, right? I'm thinking the ISIS who is like the love interest of Black Bolt.
1: Exactly the same one—the one they did on Smallville, and the one who apparently had her own TV show and everything.
0: Really, and she's gonna be—she's uh, gonna be a new crew member of uh, the Wave Rider. I think so. All right, fair enough. All right. I again, it's it's—it's kind of disappointing. It's like, okay, so we're gonna have ISIS. Will we get any reference to Black Bolt ever, or is that just like too much?
1: Yeah, uh, probably probably too much i know this i know this new season apparently is going to focus on like sorcery
0: Interesting. i think Interesting. so they're,
1: they're they're looking to bring back constantine
0: i hope so i mean there's a guy where it's like why is he not a regular exactly but w- what else is that actor doing can you not tie him down for this <laughs> show like you might actually make it more watchable
1: maybe yeah yeah
0: uh sp- speaking of more casting there as we move on uh Last week, which basically like the day after we uh we launched the show, uh, we got our first big reveal poster image for Domino in Deadpool Two. We did. Yeah, I mean, does she look like the Domino from the comics? Not really. Does she look good though? Yeah, she looks really good.
1: She she looks good, but yeah, she she doesn't look like Domino at all.
0: <laughs> no, it it seems like a funny choice. I know you were talking about this on Twitter, Matt, where it's like, so Deadpool is one hundred percent comic accurate. Colossus is 100% comic accurate and yet we're getting all kind of, what's the word, we're getting all creative and like thinking outside the box with with Domino. Yeah,
1: and I had people tell me that Negasonic isn't like what she is in the comics, but to be fair, she's not really a character who has a big of a rich backstory like Domino does.
0: No, most people don't. Didn't even know who Negasonic Teenage Warhead was until Deadpool, and now they've come full circle, and now Negasonic in the comics look like how she does in the movies.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, as I was saying, like a big big like thing of Domino is like her her bone white skin. That's like a byproduct of her mutation and yeah. why she's called Domino
0: in the first place. because yeah, she looks like a Domino with again the bone white skin and the black thing over her eye. It's like what what they're going with is actually like sort of interesting, where it's like, well, what if she just has vitiligo? And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, you don't see many people with vitiligo in movies, and because Deadpool's a comedy, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a joke about it or something, where it's like, hey, isn't that the thing Uncle Ruckus has, or that thing Michael Jackson said he had? <laughs> like, that could be a potential. So, it, it also like
1: Christian's like, well, it only really kind kind of says like, well, if she only had that, like. Why, Like, why is she, like, persecuted as a mutant? Because, like, normal people have that.
0: I mean, she still looks like a million bucks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's another <laughs> yeah. one of those things, too. Like, we don't know what the budget of Deadpool 2 is. Maybe it was a cost- and time-saving effort where they're like, look, we already know what it's like to put Jennifer Lawrence through that shit to make her mystique. Do we really want to do this to another actress?
1: Well, it doesn't need to be... Well, that's the thing with Domino. Like, she doesn't have, like, how mystique in the movies has like that scaly skin she doesn't have that her skin is just white like 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 gamora in gardens of the galaxy it's just like like paint on the skin
0: i wonder if that's a thing too where it's like look you know hey there's one really prominent african american actress in superhero movies and she's green i wonder if that was something the actress was like look do i have to be in white face essentially for this movie (laughs) Even, even if it's truer to the character I don't know man, but yeah, that's that's domino. I I have faith in Deadpool as a franchise and in terms of writing and comedy, I bet they have a couple jokes about it.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: I bet they'll lampshade the shit out of it, and if they weren't gonna lampshade it, the internet responding to it the way they normally do, I bet they wrote in some lampshading jokes. <laughs> Uh, Continuing on the casting train here, Ian McShane, everyone's favorite Wild West guy and occasional fantasy Game of Thrones guy, amongst many other things, has been cast as David Harbour, uh, Hellboy's (laughs) father in the upcoming Hellboy movie.
1: I I I read that when you wrote that. That's actually wrong. David Harbour is the guy who's playing Hellboy.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, so he's David (laughs) Harbour's dad. Not his name. Yeah, I see. I thought that sounded wrong. Like, man, it's been forever since I've seen Hellboy, but I get the (laughs) feeling that's not his name.
1: Yeah, no, he's playing Professor Bloom.
0: Bloom, that's right. Broom.
1: Professor Broom.
0: Broom, yes. Harbour is the dude from Stranger Things who's going to be playing Hellboy. (laughs) yeah <laughs> see see, matt this is why you're on the show matt this is why you're a good psychic. i would have just kept talking bullshit and hope no one caught it but you caught it
1: i was gonna let you but i think nah better not
0: because <laughs> <laughs> they'll be coming at you later and be like hey hey hey, hey, hey homie for real for real you, 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 you gonna play me like that homie really homie don't play like that <laughs> i mean uh i can only imagine that uh do you think you'll have more or less screen time than the previous uh professor broom who was also a well-known actor
1: yeah, he was played by John Hurt in the original ones. Yes, it was um, quite good. I don't know. I know Ian McShane's a really good actor. Um So he he could have a fair bit, and he's he's slightly younger than what John Hurt was when he was playing it. So he could have a bit more. He could even have like action scenes.
0: That's true. Apparently, yeah. Mignola spoke up this week, and he says that he hopes this new Hellboy movie will be the kickoff to a whole new Hellboy cinematic universe. To oh goddammit. To which I come back and say, everyone wants their superhero movie to be a cinematic universe. W- well, what?
1: not not even like not even like superheroes. It's like stuff like that, the Universal Monsters, mm. and uh, I, I'm sure you know Sony want like a, a meme universe or some shit with <laughs> their emojis.
0: Transformers wants to be a cinematic yeah. universe now. Yeah. Which apparently John Cena is going to be in that spin-off Bumblebee movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, all right." <laughs> and also they got like a really fun writer for that one and I'm like, "Okay, maybe I should see Bumblebee."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they also got like a really good director for that as well.
0: They did. Like the talent is way above what it should be for a Bumblebee spin-off movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe they've realized, okay, this is a character everyone likes, and we'll make a really good film with him without Michael Bay.
0: Yeah, really. Or maybe they're just like, hey, this shit's stupid anyway. Let's elevate it. Let's see how high we can elevate this shit. <laughs> and and as far as like Hellboy as a cinematic universe, there's a lot of like related Hellboy characters, like Abe and like Lobster Johnson and Screw on mm-hmm. Headman and all these other guys. Realistically, you could build like the BRPD or whatever into something kind of interesting. I,
1: I would like that. It would mean we get more, like, Lovecraftian movies mm. uh, with all their creatures and stuff, as well as, like, more, like, horror-centric superhero films.
0: Which is something neither company is really doing right now. Yep. I mean, like, Marvel's touched on it here and there, like, they're just starting their magical universe. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting. I mean... I, I mean, obviously we're probably going to have to see this new Hellboy movie just because it's a comic book movie and that's the sort of business we're in, but it just kind of seems like, you know, are you doing this for the right reasons? Are you doing it because you want to, or are you just doing it because you wanted a piece of the pie?
1: Yeah, and I wonder as well, like, whether they, they if they plan on doing that, whether they'd get, like, Guillermo Del Toro back to do something in it.
0: I, th- I think they want to distance themselves as far as they can from Del Toro you reckon i think so i mean plus two i mean del toro was only threatening for how long to do a third one that never ended up materializing i think they want a fresh clean slate that's
1: true maybe maybe because like this new one's going to be rated r maybe he didn't want to do it in an r-rated film
0: yeah i mean we'll never know i mean i i really enjoy the golden army i didn't like the first one I like the golden army but i also understand that it has very little to do with hellboy as a comic character and it's mostly has more to do with like stuff del toro likes
1: yeah yeah that seems to be like that's like let's like his new movie when the trailer for that came out everyone's like oh is this like a hellboy prequel <laughs> have you have you seen that have you seen the trailer to it no what's his new movie uh it's called the shape of water and it's about this deaf woman who works at like this big facility that's not the b p r d or whatever <laughs> it is, totally not that, and she <laughs> the, the R-I-P-D. In, yeah, she falls in love with like this aquatic creature that lives like so basically like the creature from black Lagoon mixed who's, who's with a Abe. not
0: Abe sapien
1: yeah, uh, the thing is he looks exactly like Abe, and he eats eggs
0: <laughs> does he re- oh wow, i'm looking at it right now, yeah, that looks like it could be the b r p d for sure that looks like hellboy, yeah, you're not like yeah it's a it's a big tank that the dude's in just like Abe yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm like, did Gilmera Del Toro rip himself off?
0: There's a there's a kindly professor man in this yep, who, yep. who's not Dr. Broom, but he really might as well be. Oh, uh, M- Michael Shannon's in it.
1: Yeah, Doug Jones, the guy who played Abe Sapien in the movies, is the creature.
0: Does he? <laughs> okay, yep, yep, it's official. He, he ripped himself off, yep. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, though. I'll check this out. Yeah, it,
1: it looks really good. It looks really good.
0: Yeah, look, look, looks like my cup of tea looks like a fun time yeah sign me up for that one but yeah i mean there's there's your hellboy news everyone the they're actually moving along at a fairly good pace on that one i would say
1: they are especially when you consider not long before san diego comic-con we actually found out there was going to be a new hellboy
0: yeah absolutely and i mean hey speaking of superheroes who are outside the norm and outside of the big two. Apparently, Valiant Comics is in the process of courting one Dave Patista to star as Eternal Warrior in their Eternal Warrior movie. Oh, okay, I'm not really familiar with Valiant, but okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, neither am I. From what I know about Eternal Warrior, it's just stuff I've seen on covers, and he's like a big, burly dude with a big, burly axe. He and looks like...
1: like unworthy Thor. <laughs>
0: a little bit actually which is funny cuz Exo Manowar right now looks like unworthy thor. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on but yeah I mean if you just want a big dude who will hit shit who you know who looks like a brick shit house and is like actually a pretty decent actor for a guy like that I think you could do a lot worse than Dave Batista yeah
1: and and he's a, getting to be a pretty good actor
0: he is my question is would he want to get involved with another comic book franchise so soon after Guardians? Well, not even after guardians it's still going
1: well i i every time i've seen him in interviews i've seen he's kind of like a fan of comic books so he's probably like yeah sure sign me the fuck up
0: he's also a fan of lunchboxes did you know that yeah he's, he has a yeah. huge lunchbox collection <laughs>
1: yeah he, he collects lunch boxes for some reason
0: that's that's actually kind of cool it's like you know everyone uh what is it collects like normal stuff you know collects something a little abnormal yeah yeah i like that. that that's his thing i imagine he wouldn't have much competition in the lunchbox collecting <laughs> game like you would collecting comics or classic cars or something
1: just some old lady who's <laughs> trying to like finish off her little collection or something
0: and I mean, plus he's Dave Batista and he's huge and giant, so even if he did run into competition for lunchbox collecting, I'm sure he could deal with it.
1: He could just Batista bomb him.
0: <laughs> oh, I did it. Now it's mine. This F Troop lunchbox is finally mine. <laughs> I love F Troop. This, this is a really bad Batista impression. I don't even know what I'm doing. uh moving on from there to some more comic book news uh brian hitch uh, apparently we reported this earlier before like a couple months back but we didn't know the exact time but uh he will be leaving justice league as of issue number 31
1: Ooh, get the champagne out (laughs) yeah
0: about time which goddamn he was on that for a fair amount of time wasn't he
1: Oh, thank Christ! He is even my new review of the the recent issue. Like went over so well with people. I've gotten like almost a thousand views on it. That's good. Because <laughs> I just I just drill into him. He's so terrible in this book.
0: We were we were all so excited for him at first, and then that excitement just disappeared, didn't it?
1: It disappeared when the realization was like, oh, the, these are storylines you didn't get to write in JLA and you're just repurposing them.
0: Basically, they were big, they were long, they were rambly. Yep. They were all like very time travel heavy, very MacGuffin heavy, they all didn't seem to go anywhere. Nah. <laughs> it, was, it was a little sucky, wasn't it? But I mean, he's he's gone now, you're hoping we can get a brand new...
1: <laughs> he, he He's gone, but... There was he, he. He was like talking on Twitter to someone who was really liking his work, and he was like vaguely threatening to do something with the JSA.
0: Oh, great!
1: It's, he wanted to. He wanted to do what he did for the Ultimates with the okay. JSA. Oh no! I, I <laughs> like no. They don't go together at all. I,
0: I I hope that's not what it is. Where it's like, yeah, I'm leaving Justice League. I'm done because we're finally gonna launch that Justice Society of America book, and they need me to go write that.
1: Oh, no, no. <laughs>
0: And that'll be about time travel as well. Oh, god for death. fuck's sake. God damn- <laughs> the, the, the man has a real boner for it in his work in the last little bit, doesn't he?
1: I have no idea why.
0: I remember we were really into that, like, JLA book of his when it started, when it's like, oh, let's actually meet Rao, the Kryptonian god, and let's, like, you know, tell a story about religious fanaticism and what that can do to people and, you know, how superheroes would react to that and how Superman would react to that.
1: It was really good when it first started. Then it started like with the art mistakes, and mm-hmm. uh, then it started getting delayed, and then it got pushed all the way. The issues were still coming out at the start of DC Rebirth, it and this sure, was a DCU book.
0: It sure was. Yeah, it was just a perfect example of how even a good book can go off the rail super hard. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I guess from there we got some uh, mild movie news here. Uh, is Suicide Squad 2 dead? The director they had has moved on over to Disney to be making a jungle ride movie. <laughs> He, he looked at Suicide Squad and said, nah, man, you know, Jungle Cruise, that that needs me. I really feel I can put my creative stamp on the Jungle Cruise ride movie, whatever that might be.
1: <laughs> That's more viable.
0: That's more <laughs> viable. I, I, I feel, you know, my artistic vision will be respected more as I make a movie about the Jungle Cruise ride. Yeah,
1: also, like, like just as uh, Suicide Squad 2, would it really matter since they're doing Flashpoint? That's yeah. like my go-to thing now, like, with any movies coming out before Flashpoint, I say, well, it's not going to matter.
0: Yeah, they're, they're already planning to use Flashpoint as a big, like, you know, mulligan, get out of jail free card, get out of mistake free card. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's hard to get excited about that. Now, what was the status on, uh, again, I might be forgetting because it's been a bit, what was the status on Gotham City Sirens? Ayer, Ayer's not doing that anymore, he's backed out of that now.
1: It seems like it cuz he did ma- he did make a tweet saying that like his new movie bright isn't some studio hacked apart
0: mm. PG-13
1: trash movie mm. so we all know what that's talking about.
0: Wow, um, that sounds like someone pouring gasoline on a fire and burning a bridge.
1: Yeah, and, and the fact that like n- none of it was talked about at San Diego Comic-Con and yeah, everything like that. And the, the one thing I d- I did I did see was that the guy who's doing the Nightwing movie no. um he actually came out i think on twitter or somewhere and actually we weren't at san diego comic-con with nightwing was because we we don't have really have anything because we want to get it right before we do anything
0: well that's good at least
1: yeah that but that also screams like we're going to do it after flashpoint and he's going to become batman
0: yeah which i mean i've heard worse ideas yeah i've heard worse ideas definitely and that's that's my theory i'm running with as well where it's like okay if affleck wants out that's why they're pushing a Nightwing movie, because they yep. need a replacement ASAP.
1: Yeah, they're building one up.
0: <laughs> yeah, they need to build up a replacement. Hey, uh, I liked the Morrison era where uh, Nightwing became Batman. That was a good era.
1: Yeah, he had some good stories. He
0: had some really good stories, both in Detective and in uh, Batman and Robin.
1: Yeah, Black Mirror, man. Black
0: Mirror. Black Mirror, probably the best Dick Grace in his Batman story, which you no, know, please please don't come out and tell me you're gonna do that one as a movie, please, because you need <laughs> you need a fuckload of context to make that work. <laughs> you just can't do Black Mirror. Please, please don't let some studio bigwig hear me say that. It's like, oh yeah, well, Black Mirror was the best Dick Grace in his Batman story. Oh, you don't say.
1: Well, I've already heard that with Flashpoint, so. Yeah,
0: oh, Flashpoint was the best Flash story, which I don't think it actually was, but it's the one everybody hey. knows.
1: And is it a Flash story, really? Because it's not technically it, it is about flash but it's more like a dc universe story
0: it really was well it was a big event and didn't we hear this week too that apparently gal gadot wonder woman is set to appear in flashpoint when that Exactly.
1: Becomes... exactly so i don't know why people are saying oh it's not going to be the flashpoint everyone knows i'm like they just cast wonder woman in it why? it's going to be the flashpoint everyone knows why
0: would you do which man you gotta feel bad for ezra miller so wait you're telling me my big first solo movie yeah. as this new character won't really be focusing on me. It will be focusing more on fixing the mistakes you made with the other movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it will be focusing more on Wonder Woman because she sold heaps of money.
0: Yeah, which, man, <laughs> feel bad for Ezra Miller, but poor guy. Yeah. Poor dude. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that does it for, uh what is it, the news this week. We got at least 30 minutes out of that. That wasn't too bad. You uh, you uh got some fan questions there, Matt, you wanted to read?
1: I do. Let me just... uh bring you bring them up uh thank you everyone
0: on the discord for responding to matt on that one
1: yeah we 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 got quite a few questions uh first one here from silver uh why do you think dc or marvel don't have any main titles that focus on sword and sorcery
0: Mm, man that's a good question and really i don't know i really don't know
1: i don't know but also to be fair dc does have hellblazer they do, and we we've kind of been get going into the magic now recently, like only in the last couple of weeks with Detective Comics, and yeah. I think the upcoming Trinity is going to be about the Justice League Dark.
0: Uh Marvel has uh whatchamacallit, a Spirits of Vengeance coming out, even though that's just a mini. It looks it looks like they're trying to rectify that. As far as the sword part of Sword and Sorcery, there was Weird World for a bit, and there was Dark uh Dark Knights for a bit, and then nothing.
1: Yeah, there's been there's been little bits, like the the most recent Jean Grey was a little bit of sword and sorcery sort of mm, stuff from and what
0: I understand. But, it's
1: only like it's been pepped about but yeah they don't actually have like a main title that's no. about that
0: no they they really don't i wonder uh, well i mean i think the reason we don't have a justice league dark right now is because they were going to make a dark universe movie then that didn't happen and they're like well fuck it
1: yeah and i think they're starting to bring them back anyway because we're going to get zatanna constantine Deadman, man all in like interacting with the main heroes and everything
0: in trinity yeah i mean if uh Maybe if Trinity works out, they can spin that off into something. But yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the magical sides of the universe have been very neglected recently, but it looks like that's about to change. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can only only hope for that. Uh, What else did you have there, Matt?
1: Uh, Okay, let's take a look. Got got quite a few questions. Um, Hmm. I just saw one. Where did I see that? Um, Uh trying to pick a good one um
0: i'll wait
1: there are a lot of these are they're like really long questions um
0: that's a. all right let, so let there be a note so, to everyone writing questions if you keep them short they're more likely to be read
1: yeah yeah these ones are like really long um Smolker says do you think with the return of young justice and the return of teen titans that cartoon, cartoon network on Cartoon Network, do you think that DC Animation is finally going to get better in quality?
0: Well, Young Justice is going to the app, so I mean... I is,
1: know, it, it, is it going to be airing on Cartoon Network anyway?
0: Uh, They've only said the app. I don't know if they also said it's coming to the network, but they were very much pushing the app.
1: Because isn't it coming to like Netflix as well?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's also coming to Netflix because Netflix was very instrumental in bringing it back.
1: Yeah, so I guess it could, but yeah, maybe, and the Return of Teen Titans, I'm guessing he's talking about the live-action show, That that's as well going
0: on to that, that that app. That app, and I don't know how the what is, how a live-action thing would help animation on Cartoon Network, but I mean...
1: Yeah, and, and we've got Justice League Action as well on at the moment.
0: Yeah, for however much longer it's here, because that also got axed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. remember we talked about this a while back. It got cancelled because it, they didn't mention on their new updated roster, but even though it got cancelled, it still had like 26 episodes left to air.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because the episodes are still airing, I kind of thought are. it was like, oh, it's still it's still going. It's not been axed or anything. They're still going through the first season. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. completely forgot about that. Yeah,
0: it, it got cancelled, but it still has about a season's worth of episodes to air, so it's almost like they got two seasons
1: oh that sucks that was a really good show
0: it was it was funny it had a lot of good references it was short sweet and to the point Mhm. yep did you see the one just recently they did with gilbert godfrey reprising his role as mr Mixelplek?
1: i did that was amazing that was and, really, and that really that's funny. a fucking pull as well for him to be coming back as mr mixlepixle
0: <laughs> that is a hell of a pull and you know the only reason they're doing that is because Deanie and so on works on the show yeah, yep. in fact, you know it's a Deeny show because they goddamn had a cameo from fricking Roxy Rocket, a character only Paul Dini cares about. <laughs> Roxy Rocket's one of those characters where Dini's like, no, 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 no. If she just has a couple more appearances, I bet she'll be another Harley Quinn. I bet she will be. How uh, how good? <laughs> uh... Uh, how good too is Patton Oswalt as a as space cabbie
1: oh he's a space a character like no one really remembers he's only just shown up in the comics recently and and he's he's on animation
0: yeah big big fan of the obscure pulls for that one as far as the future of uh, cartoon network goes to answer Tevias question in more detail i think the future of cartoon network entails many more teen titans go reruns yeah, we, yeah,
1: we saw that picture I posted. That was Twitter.
0: amazing. Someone crunched the numbers and say they've rerun uh Teen Titans Go like something like three hundred times in a month, which is like a record breaking thing.
1: That's that's just so lazy. It's
0: it, it's almost disgusting, isn't it? But then I'm reminded it's like, well, doesn't Nickelodeon do the exact same thing with SpongeBob because they do more in Nielsen ratings just rerunning the same shows over and over again than they do taking a chance on anything new
1: yep yep
0: see i was looking through it too and i'm like come on steven universe where's my steven universe okay gone for the summer not coming back for the summer but not (laughs) but but not canceled yet all right all right all right (laughs) and then cartoon arc will be weird with steven universe too where it's like hey everyone here's like a new episode every night for a week then nothing then like two more episodes spurted out then a couple leaks then nothing for six months
1: Well, you see, in those times where Steven Universe is airing, they could be airing 20 episodes of Teen Titans Go.
0: I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. They're up in their corporate boardroom being like, Look, people, look, all this time you're doing with other shows, we could be putting Teen Titans on. (laughs) Like, look, look, Jackson. I'm sorry you had your kid's wedding, but look, in that time you spent on the wedding, you could have played these many episodes of Teen Titans Go. Look, look, I'm sorry, sir, but my wife was having a baby. Look, when your wife was having a baby, you could have been playing more episodes of Teen Titans Go. Did you show that baby Teen Titans Go? (laughs) You really should. They're our key demo. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I I guess I can announce this here, but yes, I will be going back to New York Comic Con this year. I got my press stuff in the mail finally. It was funny, when I was there in New York, I only had like four channels, like the USA Network, which was playing nothing but Law & Order Special Victims Unit marathons, (laughs) and then Cartoon Network that was playing nothing but Teen Titans Go marathons. I'm like, hmm, I can have the brain-rotting superhero show for children or the show about violent sex crimes? Sex crimes, it is.
1: Uh, when are we going to get like a uh, like Teen Titans investigating violent sex crimes
0: <laughs> on a very <laughs> on a very special episode of? <laughs> they cross over with SBU, S- 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 <laughs> starring Mariska Hargitay and uh, oh god, I- <laughs> oh god, who's the guy who plays Stabler? I love him so much. Uh-
1: Chris Chris Maloney, Chris
0: Maloney, starring Maurice Hargitay and Chris Maloney as uh Ralph and Sue Dibney, <laughs> oh God <laughs> you can't oh, my you, God, <laughs> you can't tell me that's not good casting, everyone that's really good casting <laughs> <laughs> they could voice the fuck out of those cases, oh speaking of uh, elongated man Ralph Dibney, I guess they cast him now for flash season three
1: yeah i I can't remember who they cast, but it was a it was basically a young guy, and they also said that the um. Like, good Malfoy is, isn't, going, isn't going to be a, uh, a series regular anymore, so I guess oh. he's going to be taking the place of him.
0: Right, we need the smart, snarky guy who's yeah. a little bit older, but who can also be our well-standin.
1: Yeah, how many episodes do you think we're going to have until Flash reveals his identity to him?
0: Oh, I, I'm sure he'll do it right away, like when you apply for a job <laughs> at Star Labs. It's like, okay, here's your parking space, you know, here's, a, here's your key to the company closet, also I'm the Flash.
1: Yeah, Barry Allen is the Flash, so, you know, just, just keep keep that a secret. No one's meant to know.
0: Just keep that under your hat. That's a, that's part of your orientation when you join the company. <laughs> that's, that's in the freaking film they show you on the first day. <laughs> wait, wait, should I know that? Well, you do now, <laughs> so be careful. And also, are you already stretchy, or will we see what happens that makes you stretchy?
1: <laughs> How are they going to do that stretchy thing on TV?
0: I wonder. <laughs> trick of the lens is what they'll do they'll just fill his shirt with like pipe cleaners and stuff <laughs> they'll do it like they did in that bootleg
1: fantastic four movie where it's just like like prop arms on like sticks
0: <laughs> there you go they'll do that they'll do prop arms on sticks <laughs> oh i'm so stretchy i'm so elongated look at me <laughs> but but yeah tevi i hope that long ramble uh, answered your question <laughs> who else had a question
1: uh troy asks what was the worst comic released in the 90s
0: Mm, that's rough i mean probably anything by rob liefeld that's the popular answer but i'm sure there was stuff worse than him
1: oh yeah there there was probably heaps of stuff that was worse than him um but i can't think of any because mainly he's the the go-to
0: i mean he's definitely the guy which they hang everything that was wrong With Mm -hmm. that era on him where it's like, you know, ridiculous musculature, you know, the overly macho meathead aesthetic and everything, you know, art taking precedent over writing, which is funny because I mean, he wasn't much of a artist or a writer for that matter, but everyone knew him more for that.
1: Yeah, it's even funnier now, especially with DC doing, like, the Dark Days thing. It's like, this is for the artists,
0: not yeah. the writers. I know, <laughs> and I mean, like, there's shit, like, I'm sure people forgot about, like, you know, like, Tide from Marvel UK, a now completely defunct company.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you know, people love cable now, but cable was definitely in a lot of crap yeah he was shocking in the 90s indeed he was i mean the i mean here's another thing like back in the 90s the avengers had probably one of their worst eras ever of being completely unsellable with a real like loser lineup
1: yeah what what was the lineup in the 90s again
0: i think it was like cap and hercules and like a bunch of other losers
1: it's just funny now, because if like, Cap'n Hercules was on an Avengers team, I'd be so hyped.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, I think Thunderstrike was an Avenger at this time. Like, Black Jesus. Knight and Crystal. So yeah, there was, there was a lot of losers back in the 90s. I mean, heck, it's hard to believe there was a time not that long ago that Avengers books couldn't sell to save their <laughs> lives. Everyone was reading X-Men. X-Men was where it was at.
1: Yeah, and how all how the tables have turned.
0: I know, right, man. What a, what a different a couple decades and a few really good movies can make. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what else do they have to ask?
1: Um Let's see. Amazing Zero asks, what are your hopes for the next Mass Effect game?
0: Mm, are they even doing a Mass Effect now, or are they trying to concentrate on the next thing? I, I haven't even played Andromeda yet. I was waiting for it to come down in price, or to at least...
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even bother with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure at some point they'll come out with a Game of the Year edition that has everything in it, and then I'll get a good bargain.
1: Will it, though? Because... Uh- you know, everyone kind of hated it, and, and for right reasons as well.
0: They did, but I want to experience it for myself. Why people hated, you know, I, I want to do like an autopsy on it and see what was, you know, really wrong with this, aside from the crippling bugs.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. Like the writing in it isn't too good either. Um,
0: Which is a shame, because like, Bioware has always been like you know, writing has been one of their highest points. Well, it was one of the. It's
1: it's because like I think none of the actual original team was working on it like it was a new team altogether absolutely
0: so, because that team was working on their new project that's coming out now what what's that called again uh uh yeah i, I can't remember but they, just flying alien planeting co-op experience
1: yeah and the the sad thing about that is the guy who designed that game mass effect 2 and 3 he actually just passed away last week
0: i know that's pretty freaking tra- anthem was the game i was thinking yeah
1: that's it, yeah.
0: But, but to answer your question, there, my, my hope for the next Mass Effect game is let's see how Anthem is.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially since Anthem looks very similar to what Mass Effect Andromeda is. You got like the jetpack mm. thing, and, and all the combat looks kind of the same, and everything. So hopefully they don't. You know, do the exact same thing they did with Andromeda. Because Andromeda, like, when they first announced it, it was amazing. It looked amazing. Mm-hmm. The, this idea of going to all these different worlds and exploring and setting up camps and stuff. And... Build your
0: class however you want it.
1: Yeah, and it, it didn't work very well.
0: It's it's funny, too, because, you know, usually you got, like, a Mass Effect and you got a Dragon Age and a Mass Effect and a Dragon Age, and they would kind of copy off each other's papers and, like, take what really worked and use it for something else. hmm. You can, you can literally see, and I think we talked about this on the E3 show too, when Anthem came out, where it's like, oh, and here's the exact moment that Mass Effect Andromeda became Anthem and they broke off and started doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, this was like the earlier build of, of Mass Effect that they worked into another game.
0: Yeah, it really, really looked like that. But I mean, so yeah, that's, the, that's where that stands right now. Uh, I'll probably play Andromeda at some point, but I haven't and I didn't hear great things. But hey, Anthem looks fun. Yeah, I'd,
1: I'd like a Mass Effect game that's just set in the universe, and you're just another another character, not associated with like Shepard or like N7, the Reapers or yeah. anything. Just just like just someone
0: like like Aria like like a criminal or something. That would be good. Hell, do I have to play a human every time? I would love to play yeah. a Krogan or a Turian or even a Solarian. Why must you always tie my hands and make me play as a human? Even the frickin' Dragon Age games knew humans are lame and boring, let me play a cool fantasy thing.
1: Yeah, that'd be even, like, yeah, just go the Dragon Age route and let you choose your character, whoever you want to be, an Asari, a Krogan, mm-hmm. whatever, and just let, let you play an RPG.
0: Yeah, just RPG it up. Why, why must I always be Blandy McHuman, man? I'm Blandy McHuman in real life.
1: Yeah, who saves the galaxy
0: every time. Look, man, I can't save the galaxy. I can barely, like, I don't know, friggin' save the last piece of pizza <laughs> from myself. I'm my own worst enemy. That's the problem. Yeah, hey, man, I, I can't get up at 9 o'clock.
1: The, the, the universe is doomed. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: exactly right, man. I work on the internet. I can't coordinate anything to save anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but I'm going to have to sleep until noon or I'm going to be really grumpy and it won't, and it, it won't be good for anyone. joel you need to talk to the alien delegates okay what what time is that nine fuck what day is that thursday come on guys come on (laughs) look i I know the universe is at stake here but like look can the universe be at stake like i don't know like like friday at three (laughs) i'll be i'll be be fresh and good then okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm, i'm actually looking at a little of the anthem stuff here now and i'm like man that does look fun
1: it, it does, but yeah, that's early E3 footage. Except, never base the game off E3 footage. No, no,
0: you can never trust that. The the, the E3 slump or, you know, the, the post-E3 graphics drain is a real thing. Yep. Alright, now uh, who else had a question?
1: Uh, We've got kind of one more question here, and it's kind of a unique one. It's a music question, Ooh. and Wade457 asks, what is your favorite heavy metal album? Ooh.
0: That's right. I mean, probably something by Metallica. I mean, you know, Ride the Lightning, Kill 'Em All. That's those are yeah. really classic. It's hard not to say those.
1: I know. Yeah, it, it, that's that's actually really hard because I don't I don't listen to a lot of music all like all you the know. time. It's very sporadic,
0: or, or even in album form anymore. Like maybe the reason yeah. I'm choosing such old albums is like who listens to like music in albums anymore? I know sometimes that's like how you're supposed to yeah
1: yeah i I don't
0: know it it also gets to the point too where it's like you know once we start talking about metal albums it's like well what constitutes metal like is appetite for destruction a metal album or is that a classic hard rock album
1: yeah yeah you you get into like all these little things it's very very weird
0: i mean the blizzard of oz is pretty freaking great so is paranoid that's pretty good i mean slayers raining blood there's another great one uh peace sells but who's buying from Megadeth. There's a lot of good ones.
1: Yeah. Christopher Lee's album. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good old Christopher Lee. Uh, I, I mean, Shout at the Devil from Motley Crue. I mean, those the, those were a bunch of real musical geniuses who went really far, didn't they, Motley Crue? <laughs> now, now, see, Motley Crue would be considered hair metal, wouldn't it be? I think we could make an argument on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they're hair metal, definitely.
0: Hair metal. And what glorious hair they had
1: they did those perms
0: <laughs> uh what is I, I always heard stories of people who like went to motley Crue concerts and tommy lee would do a thing where like his drum kit would like levitate on a big platform and like fly out into the audience <laughs> as if he was levitating it with the power of his rock
1: uh, uh all show <laughs>
0: <laughs> all show no tell my rock is so powerful but man dr feelgood's a good song <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that called out to feel good he's the one that makes it feel alright
1: yeah, and another thing with like metal albums is like the covers oh, the covers God. are usually
0: better than the actual music man the covers are so fucking good for so many of these I mean yeah again master of puppets just like a big long sea of like friggin uh, crosses I mean Iron Maiden dude Iron Maiden had their own mascot
1: they did. You know, you got, you got the Number of the Beast, you got uh, mm. Megadeth, and... Oh.
0: So many good ones. So, so many really good ones. Dan, that that was a good question. We don't get to talk about music on this show, do we?
1: No, we don't.
0: Uh, oh, uh, also, what about anything Ronnie James Dio did? I mean, that was pretty good. Ra- Rainbow <laughs> in the Dark, man. Freaking love that yep. one. When there's lightning, you know what really <laughs> brings me down... You know, Dio claims that he invented like the horns, right? That he invented like you know, rock on finger hand movement thing. Oh, really? Yeah, he uh, he claims he invented that, and the thing is because he grew up in an in an Italian home. It was his grandmother who would do it when it's like you know, oh, you're giving someone the evil eye. She would point at her hand or she would point at her eyes with her two fingers, and then point at him and be like, oh, and you can give the evil eye to people when you do that.
1: <laughs> well the good thing is that like no one's alive to like contest him they all died of drugs
0: <laughs> i mean that's that's also a sad but true thing freaking uh freaking was it gene simmons argues he invented it but then again gene simmons probably argues that he invented air as well
1: oh yeah he he says he invents everything and tries to sue everyone for everything that guy looks like me I'm gonna sue him
0: <laughs> uh, something that was proudly kept up by his son as well the wannabe comic book artist who uh, copy traced a bunch of like existing mangas and works oh no <laughs> yeah that was a real thing that happened which is a shame because if you ever watched that like Gene Simmons family show his kids actually seemed really well adjusted despite having Gene Simmons for a dad <laughs> It's probably because their mom is Canadian. They're half Canadian. They got that, like, chill Canadian jeans in them. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> uh, apparently, his son, too, is, like, a big fan of Yu Gi Oh! Abridged, and you would know because, like, he wore a bunch of Abridged Series shirts on the show. <laughs> which is probably the best marketing that they could ask for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what is this Abridged Series thing of which he speaks? <laughs> so uh so was that it was that all the questions
1: that's pretty much all the questions that didn't really sort of repeat themselves a lot
0: all right so thank you everyone for helping us fill out the show on that we're we're not at a total hour yet we still got some time do we want to talk about like uh, one or two books that we enjoyed this week to get us to a full hour
1: yeah might as well
0: sure what uh what would you like to talk about
1: um, You can go first, because I went first last week.
0: Okay, D- damn it, Matt, keeping track of who goes first and who doesn't. Uh, I guess one I read recently, and one I really enjoyed, I-, I would say by and large I thought this week was actually pretty disappointing for a lot of the comics I read, but one that actually totally delivered, and I'm happy I read it, was Nightwing from this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nightwing's tech buddy got murdered and this is around the same time his girlfriend broke up with him. So, like, Dick Grayson's not having a good time of it right now. The world is just shitting <laughs> on him from all angles. And it's at that time his apartment gets broken into by the Huntress. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time these two have seen each other since friggin', uh, since friggin Spiral, since, like, Agent Grayson, yeah. since that book. And she's like, look, I, I, I hate the mob. I'm leading a one-woman revenge thing against the mob. The guy who killed your friend, I've been chasing after him, too. Let's, like, go to Italy and fuck these guys up.
1: <laughs> sure, why not?
0: And, yeah, Dick Grayson's like, well, you know, my life kind of sucks ass right now. So, totally, Helena, let's go do this. Let's go to Italy and beat up a bunch of people. But you got to promise not to kill anyone. you got to make this a no-kill mission. And Huntress is like, eh, you're no fun. <laughs> And also, too, uh, around the same time, like, Dick's ex has, uh, what is it, reteamed with her old supervillain mentor, and they're, like, going out committing a bunch of art crimes. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, great, they're performance criminals. They're like, Yoko Ono. <laughs> only with paint, that ain't gonna be good. And uh, eventually, uh, what is it, Dick finds out that the hitman who killed his buddy wasn't actually a hitman at all. He was an undercover agent for Spiral. Oh, no. (laughs) And that means that everything Dick has been dealing with in his own book now and all these, like, superhero killing weapons that have, like, leaked out onto the streets of Bloodhaven, uh, it wasn't arms dealers doing it. It was Spiral doing it.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, so the next arc is going to be literally Nightwing versus Spiral, and I'm like, that's really cool. Sick. Sick. That's very sick. I uh, I can't wait for that one. That was that was a very pleasantly surprising book for this week. I I know for people who you know aren't sure to take the dive on Nightwing, I think now with this story would actually be a pretty good time to hop on if you're looking for one.
1: It sounds like a, I might have to start reading again.
0: It's good because again it gets you up to speed on everything that's been happening with him while also paying off a bunch of shit that happened in Grayson cool it's nice to see tim seeley didn't sweep that under a rug and he's like no no no, that stuff happened and was still important to his character development but of course seeley would say that seeley also wrote that book (laughs) where he's like yeah of course everything i wrote is still in canon and still important (laughs) what else would it be uh what else did you have this week matt uh well we had
1: the first marvel generations issue this week we did this focused on the hulks the hulks of all people being the first up
0: yeah what weird choice to make them the first ones but all right
1: yeah the second one's even weirder because it's gene gray
0: yeah makes me think they're either kind of because here's the thing about generations that we don't know yet and we probably won't know until we pick up issue two do we have to read these all together in order is there like a bigger story they're telling or is it literally just an a la carte pick whatever one you want
1: yeah, the, it's really weird, especially like this one since I I expected them to give us a little bit of something of like what exactly caused um the day's try to go back in time and meet uh bruce banner hulk and we didn't really get it we just get like a very vague like he was in washington and then Mm. he wasn't
0: he saw a bright light which i wrongly said in my video i'm like oh well clearly he got caught in a cosmic cube blast at the end of secret empire and that explains it only for people to come back and tell me well joel they never actually mentioned the cosmic cube once in this book and i'm like oh did i just jump the gun super hard well the thing is like that that's probably what's going to happen Yeah, because it's like... That's probably
1: what's going to happen.
0: Why else would Amadeus Cho be in DC?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it wasn't for some big battle that's going to be happening in the capital.
0: Like, again, if I had to put money on it, and I'm putting on it right now, I'm putting, you know, five bison dollars on this. I'm putting a bunch of Scrooge McDuck's Lucky Fucky Dimes on this one. There's going to be a big battle in DC. The Cosmic Cube will get used by someone, and it will put them into whatever weird generation time travel dream state thing they need for these stories to work because this issue didn't really have an ending and it didn't really have a beginning they just kind of trailed in and trailed out
1: yeah it was kind of like for for amadeus to actually kind of learn something yeah like and the, what he learned was that the whole power isn't a gift it's a
0: curse yes this the, the whole point of this issue was to essentially set up amadeus show's new character motivation moving into legacy and i'm like, oh oh, is, th- is that going to be the same for all these books now? Is it just going to be setting up their new motivations?
1: Yeah, and it it might actually be, especially since, like, with the Jean Grey one, I'm just going to assume that it might have something to do with the Jean Grey book, which is her trying to find out how to fight the Phoenix Force.
0: Yeah, which, hey, why? Yeah. Who better to ask than, you know, your older self?
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's probably where it's headed. They're, every character's going to learn something.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that, that gene book is really good you've been telling me and other people have been telling me
1: it is it's it's not not what i thought it was going to be it's been actually pretty good it's kind of like a road tripping book
0: that's good i mean x-men has left just such a nasty taste in my mouth over the last little bit after all these failed relaunches and redos and everything but it seems like the solo hero books are the ones to read and just like avoid the team books <laughs>
1: They're, they're pretty good. X-Men Blue is pretty good. I like X-Men Blue. X-Men Gold's eh, kind of there.
0: I, uh, I feel like I should read like the first volume of X-Men Blue when it's collected and do like a comic spice on it.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: That should be my way for like reading X-Men and for reading, uh, what is it, just trades in general of books I'm not reading. You know, do it with hot sauce. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, my next one, I can tell it right here, is going to be on Darth Maul. I actually read all of that Darth Maul book.
1: Uh, it was pretty good, eh?
0: Yeah, it was It was surprisingly fun. It had a lot going on, too. And, of course, it had the classic uh, Star Wars ending of Palpatine's behind it all. <laughs> like, I literally couldn't read that last page without literally thinking in the red-letter media voice, Palpatine's behind it all. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Generations, it was cool because I'm a Hulk fan, but if you're not a Hulk fan, I don't think this will make you one.
1: Yeah, and and as we said before, it's kind of like a pick-and-choose sort of thing. Like, you don't have to read this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to try and read every one anyway, just to see if there is, like, a story within a story that begins to form. Yeah. Like, it sure doesn't seem that way. No,
1: not with this first one.
0: No, no. But, I mean, hey, there's some good ones coming down the pipeline. We got Jean Grey, we got the Wolverines, we got all the Marvels.
1: Yeah, there's some pretty good ones.
0: The Caps, the Caps, I mean, I would imagine are probably going to be pretty important because it's spencer writing them so it's like okay is this the real cap to secret empire considering that this does take place after secret empire and i'm not just talking out my ass
1: yeah yeah
0: that's uh that's definitely something uh what's another one i read this week uh oh uh batman number 28 the tom king war of jokes and riddles continues continues to continue
1: it continues to continue and continued the most in this book.
0: It's oh it sure continued. I mean, this is this is max continuing after three issues of not continuing very much. Uh so yeah, we're like three issues into this and I I got asked, "Tom King, what 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 the fuck are you doing? What is what is your end game here?"
1: This this issue did feel like oh, well, we're not going to be doing tie-ins for this book, so those, those tie-ins that all these people wrote, we're just going to shove in this book.
0: I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Matt. You took the words right out of my mouth. Never has a main issue in a thing felt more like a superfluous tie-in.
1: Yeah, and uh, you could totally tell if that that Deathstroke, uh, death, Deadshot fight was a tie-in.
0: Was planned for a tie-in at some point. And they're like, no, we're not going to do tie-ins to War of Jokes and Riddles. You know, we're just going to do them in the main book
1: yeah and and on on you know tom king and dc's behalf like i commend them for doing that for not having you know 50 tie-ins for this Mm -hmm. this event because if this was a new 52 book it would have 50 tie tie-ins for every every villain on every side and would get a special
0: one shot yeah yeah would get a special one shot that you have to read and it's like you'd read it and you'd be like well that didn't add much to the story did it
1: no, no.
0: Also, can we say too, as far as Tom King and power levels go, does Tom King actually think Floyd Lawton, Deadshot could fight Deathstroke to a standstill for five days? I, I guess so. I guess maybe he didn't think
1: that, like, oh, they're both like kind of the same person. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're both super powered. I mean,
0: I like Floyd. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite characters because he's lower tier. But I mean, like, he's he's just a guy in a suit who can shoot guns yeah. pretty good. Deathstroke's an actual, like, super soldier. Yeah,
1: and uh, the one thing that did get me, I didn't say it in my review because I wanted to say it for this, but oh, there's that it. splash that splash panel where they're, like, fighting, and, and it says, like, oh, one day they change to swords, and, like, the minute you do that, Dead Deadshot is dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not called, you know, uh, Dead Sword. He's called Dead <laughs> Shot because he put all of his points into small weapons, into guns. <laughs> Like, I know he uses a knife in the video game, but that's actually kind of out of character for him. <laughs> also, another thing you pointed out, a big art mistake in that book, too. Deathstroke <laughs> yes. is looking out of his eye that's not there. <laughs> S- someone actually came into my comment section tried to tell me, No, uh, Joel, it takes place in the past, so it's when he still had both eyes. I'm like... No, because if he had both eyes, why is he wearing a mask that doesn't have an eye yeah. hole in it? He
1: would he would have that, that, that classic look where it was both eyes and it was the same color and everything. Yeah, he wouldn't have half the faces like that blue-black.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd have the Proto costume, which we saw in Christopher Priest's book. He did have a Proto suit that had two eyes in it. Yep. And I don't know if that's a writing mistake. I, I have to imagine that was probably more an art mistake than anything it probably said. And then you draw Deathstroke... Oh shit, sorry, I didn't know this one happened in the past. I just drew the Deathstroke everybody knows.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of what it feels like.
0: Yeah, which again, that would have been a fun chance to show a Deathstroke with two eyes, but you didn't. You dropped the ball on it.
1: Yeah, and it's something that was that would be so simple to fix as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Another thing that kind of annoyed me about... Well, it didn't annoy me, but it made me laugh, and I'm sure it made you laugh too... So the whole framing device of War of Jokes and Riddles is Batman telling the story of the worst thing he ever did to Catwoman, and he starts the story at the beginning, which made me think, oh, well, I guess Catwoman wasn't involved in the story, only to see Catwoman show up in this issue, and I'm like, well, fuck if Catwoman was here for all of this, and why are you explaining it from the beginning, Batman?
1: <laughs> well, see, she, she might have forgot, because we just fucked, and
0: yeah. <laughs> and I tend to have that effect on women. <laughs> Also, another instance, too, where Catwoman was clearly stealing stuff and Batman let her go because she gave him, g- g- gave him a little peck and it's implied that they boned there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: T- Tom King really loves this idea that, like, as soon as Batman gets laid by the supervillainess, he's just like, well, I've I, I, nothing I can do.
1: Yeah, I I gotta put my pants on. I can't (laughs) chase him.
0: Have you seen how elaborate my bat pants are? That's like (laughs) that's like fifteen minutes, and Alfred wasn't there to help me. (laughs) I had to later call Alfred and say, "Hey, come help me put my bat pants on." (laughs) They got so many belts and loops and everything else, and then I gotta put the cape on. It's 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 a whole production. But yeah, War of Jokes and Riddles, not really a fan so far, and the fact that it's going to take all summer to finish this story makes me think, like, god damn, what Batman did better be really worth it, Tom King.
1: It, it's kind of drawing out a little bit now.
0: It's three issues in, and it already feels like it's been five issues, because it's like, well, and nothing happened here, and nothing happened here either.
1: Yeah, it, and the thing is, like, stuff, the, like, interesting stuff seems to be happening between the pages. Absolutely. Like, we, like from, from the the first issue and then it went into the second issue which was like an interlude Mm -hmm. and then it went into into this issue there's like like say all this stuff happened that there's been a war across this park and it's kind of like gangs of new york and everything we never see any of that
0: yeah i'm like why can't i see the cool gangs of new york shit you're talking about and they're also like oh you know joker joker seized the east side and you know uh, riddler the west and i'm like how did they seize it how uh, how are how are they holding it to what end yeah. are they doing this?
1: Yeah, and even, like, Gordon's stuff where he's talking with the FBI and sorting out how to deal with it. And it, Like, that would be pretty cool. And again, all this sounds like stuff that was meant for tie-ins.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it made me laugh, too, because Gordon's like, oh, you know, this is a war. We need to call in the National Guard. We need to call in the Army. Didn't you do that just a year ago in story time for frickin' <laughs> uh, The Riddler in Zero Year? How did that work out <laughs> for you? Oh, yeah, that's right. It <laughs> didn't. It's nice to know you're having a major memory lapse, Gordon. <laughs> and again too like like i've joked before that tom king's batman isn't very proactive he's super not proactive here
1: no not really
0: (laughs) oh i need to go around and help all the people who are caught in the crossfire of deathstroke and deadshot or you could just deal with deathstroke and deadshot so more people didn't get shot that seems like a Batman thing to do. That seems like something Batman would do and other characters would chastise him for it. Like Gordon being like, oh sure, you stopped the bad guys, but at what cost? You know, you you let those people get shot and just bleed out.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's Batman, not a paramedic. (laughs) I mean, does the city not have paramedics? Does the city not have people whom it is their job?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know this this story man of course i'm going to keep covering it cuz it's batman but at the same time it's just like damn
1: yeah and, and especially after like tom king he wrote like three good issues in a row with like that catwoman story and and then we're back to kind of like his normal batman stuff where he's kind of stupid
0: he, he, and he kind of doesn't care <laughs> no, he goes very much up and down tom king i think he has good days and bad days when it comes to this book and this series yeah so, yeah, that was that was Batman going on. Uh, I, I mean, we're at our hour time now. Did you have another one you wanted to talk about? Uh, let's talk about
1: Green Arrow-ish 28.
0: Can you believe I haven't read this yet? This is the big Superman-Green Arrow team-up, and I was going to read it tonight to put it up. Oh,
1: you're in for a treat.
0: I bet. It looked good. You were putting some screenshots up there, and they all looked totally up my alley. Oh, it,
1: it's so good. Yeah, it's so like... Green Arrow is obviously continuing his his country tour mm-hmm. to stop the, the Ninth Circle, and it takes him to the door of Lex Luthor, who he thinks is dealing with the Ninth Circle. Lex isn't because he thinks they're beneath him, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of like the hero now, so he's, he, he, he th- he's not dealing with them or anything. So in Retaliation, the Ninth Circle... Uh, do a cyber attack on lex corp and lex farmer and just make his stock plummet
0: oh shit they doxed him
1: and and along with that they also release all of his employees dealings affairs mm. nefarious all sorts of bad shit and it causes literally everyone who works for LexCorp, which is most of metropolis Y'all. uh to go about trying to kill themselves to save themselves from the shame of what's oh. happening oh no and so while while green arrow is confronting lex about this superman's working overtime to save people <laughs> from shooting themselves in the head falling from buildings, buildings.
0: Jesus. all
1: sorts all sorts of stuff and then it's him like and the green arrow crash
0: on steroids
1: <laughs> yeah yeah basically he's working overtime and and then he he and Green Arrow sort of team up to sort of stop the, the last little bit while Lex stops the cyber attack. And you get a really cool moment where, where Green Arrow and Superman just stand on the roof and Superman's like, Hey, I'm proud of you. you, oh. you you're kind of going through a rebirth at the moment, much <laughs> like how I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, a rebirth. I, I fused with a guy who was me but wasn't me. It's a long story.
1: Yeah, and he, he's like, you're still unsufferable, you know asshole but i'm proud of you and he's like thanks america's dad
0: (laughs) he is america's dad that's pretty fair (laughs) also it's funny too the whole fusing with a guy who is me but wasn't me green arrow totally did that when kevin smith was writing (laughs) (laughs) like green arrow's literally been through like what superman's been through so that's pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) ah that does sound like a winner that does sound like something i would like so yeah, everyone, we're, we're at about an hour right now. I still have more books I need to read uh, moving forward, and I'm sure Matt's got stuff to get back to. He was rendering before we started. So thank you, everyone, for uh, handing questions in. That was really good. We'll definitely have to do that in the future, uh, especially if news continues to come out in a little trickle post-San Diego Comic-Con.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Uh, you got anything coming out on your channel, Matt, you want to tell people about?
1: uh not really no i i'm i'm working on some stuff at the moment getting some stuff sorted out and just got to find the time to do it all
0: nice nice Uh, i i got all sorts of stuff i'm working on as well you know come come by see all the same videos and podcasts be sure to follow us on social media both at cape joel and at matt fortress of solitude or fos see i got the acronym right (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm good at things. Ooh! Also, if you want to show your love for uh, the comic multiverse, con season is coming up. Of course, we got New York Comic Con. Of course, we got Fan Expo. We got all these other big shows coming up. Be sure to head on over to the Tea Public Store and get a brand new fancy damn Moon People shirt that you can buy now. And it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And, you know, that actually does go to support me and Matt. I think we make, like, half of whatever the shirt gets. So, like, if you buy it for 14 in one of those sales, $7 is put to us. So that's always good. Yeah. And, hey, if you want to listen to this episode first before anyone else, be sure to become a patron. We put all sorts of fun stuff up there. You'll always get the show Sunday night without fail. And for everyone else, you can go on over to SoundCloud to get it.
1: Yeah, SoundCloud's going pretty well. You've got all, like, the episodes uploaded now,
0: don't you? Uh, We do, do, but I actually think I forgot to put up the one from last week. It'll be up by the time you hear this. It will be up to date by the time you hear this. (laughs) And uh, I'm not up to date on commentaries yet, but then again, people spooked the shit out of me because they said apparently, like, SoundCloud took a bunch of losses this quarter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, not just when I uploaded everything. (laughs) i'll tell you this soundcloud's got my money for the next month so no matter what happens it's fucking going up on soundcloud i'll tell you that much (laughs) also that's something the patrons helped get so all the more reason that's going to be a thing in the future so on that note everyone i'm rambling thank you so much for listening be sure to join us again next week and we'll do this all over again sure will sure will Bye bye everyone
1: see ya